growing. It's a bit of a, uh, well, it has to be done, doesn't it? I have to grow. I noticed that I grew over Christmas. <laughs> you know, all that hard work, losing weight before Christmas, so I put it back on pretty quick. Um, it's nice to be able to build like that. <laughs> but just wondering, because as I was thinking last night, I went off and had a bit of prayer time about today, and I was just thinking about over the year, what was it that's been preached, what messages we've heard, has it actually brought growth? Has it brought some change in your life? Because in all honesty, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we've got to be asking ourselves a question, what is he saying to me? And then another question, what am I going to do about it? Because growth really takes... um, well, you know, I'm sure it takes lots of different things, but where does it actually come from? What is it that causes growth in my life? Okay, if we're saying, you know, we're followers of Jesus Christ, that means we're his disciples, doesn't that naturally lead to that question? What's Jesus asking me to do? And what am I doing about it? Because we can easily go through life hearing the question, Jesus, what do you want me to do? but never actually seeking the answer to that question in terms of, I'm going to do it. And we would think that if Jesus had something for us to change, then that change would be remarkable in the fact that it was to cause us to reach the perfection that he has asked us to reach. Okay. Now, in all of that, understanding, of course, that it's his grace, his power, that it's because we are in Christ that change is able to happen, that growth is able to happen. What I wanted to do this morning is just quickly go through three things that, that we can think about in terms of growth and then maybe the four different stages that we can be in in terms of growth as disciples. I just wanted to read firstly from Philippians 3 um, about reaching the mark that Christ has for us. And this is Paul speaking. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or whatever things God's wanting in our life or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. You see, God wants to change us. And when we, when we read that, it's like, firstly, the perfection comes from the fact that that is why Christ Jesus possessed me. Now, That's probably one of the first steps, isn't it? Just allowing God to actually take charge of your life, saying, God, I am yours. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress that we've already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our saviour. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. 
few important points about this growth. Number one, we have to forget the things that are behind us. So does that mean we don't remember anything? Of course not. But in order for growth to happen in our life, it means that there are some things that we have to choose to forget. We don't forget them. They happen. They're real. They're, they're what happened. It's, it's just like God forgetting our sins. He chooses to forget. And sometimes we have to choose to forget the things that, that are, are not so good in our life. We have to choose to forget the past. Why? Because Christ Jesus has possessed us and wants to perfect us into the life, the call that he has for us. And then we've got to look forward. You see, growth never comes without a target in mind. If we don't look forward to what we are going to be or what we are meant to be like, how can we possibly reach that mark? I remember hearing a story about um, Harvard Business School and, and they went through the class and one of the things that they teach is we need you to write down your goals. What are your goals for the future? Anyway, as it turned out, about 15% of those people actually wrote their goals out. They tracked these people after they went into business. And those 15% of people ended up, I think, having around about 85% of the wealth that was generated from the people in that business school. They had a goal, they had a vision to what they needed to reach, and they wrote it down, they made it plain for themselves, and they started to reach toward it. Does that mean we all have to write our goals down? No, you can do whatever you want. But what I believe that we need to do is make sure that we keep the things ahead of us, ahead of us. We need to be looking towards what God has for us because our growth is not accidental. Uh, Just as a building doesn't just rise up by itself, there's plans made, there's foundations built. So too, as we want to grow in Christ Jesus, we must begin to set some targets for ourselves. What is it that will cause growth in your life? I would hope that this year that there was some growth in your life. How would you measure that? What is it that you could see in your life where you could say, yes, I have grown? How do we notice growth? Well, we notice growth by the things other people say. That's one of the major ways that we see. So... For example, if if you've had people speak into your life this year and say, man, you're different, you've changed. I can see God has been working in your life. You know that you've grown. You will know that you've grown if there is more grace in your life. If there's an increase of grace in your life, if there's an increase of faith in your life, if there's an increase of contentment in your life, there is no doubt that you have grown. Just like Paul said, you know, I have learned to become content. You know, I've, I've had nothing, I've had a lot, I've been in good times and bad times, but this one thing I have learned, that, that I can be content in every circumstance. What is your level of contentment in life? Is it more? Is it less this year? Is it possible that you haven't been growing and so because we rely so much on, on being in Christ for the things that we need that you're starting to feel discontent? And I'm not talking about a godly discontent where God is just searching your heart, where you're feeling that you you need to press on further. 
I'm talking about where life just is no good at all. Has there been growth? We have to look back to see what progress we've already made. You see, we can easily be discouraged because we think we're not where we should be. But honestly, as I look out on some people in my life and in this church over the last two or three years, they might think that they're struggling still in Christianity or or their faith, but I would look back and I'd say they are different today than they were yesterday. See, progress marks growth. And this is why Paul says, hey, I'm just going to keep on pressing forward. We can easily become discouraged because we're not where we think we should be, but if we actually take stock, and this is where that forgetting the things that are behind starts to make more sense, it's not forgetting what's happened, because here it's saying, look back on the progress you've already made. You might think, I'm not where I should be, but where were you a year ago? Is there progress in your life? Have some things started to sort out? Has something in your life changed? And you might be discouraged because of where you are, but God says, look back and have a look at where you've progressed. Think about those things, the good things. What's happened in your life that's changed you to be more Christ-like? How has your relationship with other Christians increased? How has your relationship with him increased over the year? Yeah, but I think it should be so much better. Where were you? Where were you? Because it's important to think about those things. You might not be perfect yet, like the rest of us are. (laughs) Not. Nobody's perfect. But we're reaching, we're moving towards the goal that Christ has for us. For change, you need to examine the life of your brothers and sisters who have a good example and follow that. That is so important. If you want to grow, then you need to fashion your life on those that are growing in Christ. Now, it may be this year that you haven't. I don't know. But this is something so important for growth. Looking at those that are giving a good example, those who follow Christ well, and making a decision that I am going to spend some time with them, I'm going to spend some time looking at their example, and I'm going to spend some time following that example. Okay. So just going to bring the whiteboard over and just write three things on it to think about. In the meantime, if anybody's ready to share a testimony of how they're changed, I'd love you to sort of think about coming up, (laughs) and then I'll call up. Change is vital to our Christian life, right? Isn't it? That that somehow we become fashioned into who Christ has made us to be. So first of all, it requires this. Thinking. What do I mean by that? What I mean is this, that you have to actually take real thought about where you are. You have to change the way you think And start to let God work in your life because change will not happen unless you start thinking 
the way that God wants you to think. Remember I've been saying over the last couple of weeks just about how we need to act out of who we are. If I think I'm a sinner and if I think I'm a nothing, how am I going to act? Well, I'm going to act exactly this way. I am nothing and that's how I act. Imagine, um, and I think I've told this story before, but there's a prostitute working the streets. She's, she's trying to make ends meet and she's, she's doing things she doesn't want to do, but she has to do it. There is no other way for her to survive. She, she's, you know, doing her tricks and, and taking money just to get through life. She's thinking a certain way. She knows where she is. She knows her, um, her station in life, so to speak, and she can live from that. But then imagine the king comes down and, and for some reason he sees this lady and he decides that's the one for me. I'm going to bring her out of where she is and I'm going to sit her in a palace. I'm going to give her the best food. I'm going to buy her the best clothes. I'm going to give her a life worth living. I'm going to take her out of this and move her over to that, to palace life. That, that somehow she would be special, she would be treasured, and she would be loved. Do you think that lady is going to start to think, gee, I wish I was back there in the gutter. This is who I am. I'm just a nobody. No. You see, she becomes elevated in her thinking. And you know what? Who's the king? Jesus Christ, he came into this world to save us. He didn't come so that we can live where we are when he found us. He came to lift us out of where we were to where we're meant to be. We are now children of the king. We are joint heirs with Christ. How does that change things? You see, if I'm certain, if I'm sure of who I am, I'm going to act exactly how I'm meant to act. If I think that I'm a sinner, that I'm no good, that I'm dark and I'm evil, how am I going to act? I'm going to either act that way or I'm going to feel guilty all my life because I'm just so horrible. But Jesus came to start to change the way we think. How does he do that? Obviously through his word. As we read his word, we start to get change. And, and as we've talked about the Holy Spirit stirring that word up, that, that it starts to change the way we think. You see, if I said to you today, you're a child of the king, you are an overcomer. How many would say, no, I'm not? If I would say to you today, you know what? You are born into righteousness. You are clean. You are whole in Christ. How many of you could say today that that is where I act out of? Where are you acting out of? This is major. The way you think is incredibly major to how you act. Have you ever seen a confident person who doesn't have skills? They will do things beyond their ability because they believe in something about themselves. I remember, um, like I said, at the fire brigade when we were there, there's, there's some kids who 
you know, you'd have the, the lights and sirens to play with or whatever. There was this kid who would always push in. Man, that's for me. I'm grabbing that. I'm going to start the engine. I'm going to start the lights. Give me your helmet. Let me put your coat on. There's no inhibition about what they thought about themselves. They felt that, and I understand the pushiness and selfishness and greed, but what we're looking at is that confidence in who they were. They took life by the scruff of the neck and they said, I'm going to live it. And then there are others, which is probably like me when I was a kid, you never did anything. <laughs> you held back because you're fearful of what people might think. You, you hold back because you don't want to be pushy. You hold back because you don't want to stand out. To actually grow, you need to think differently. You need to think God. You need to know who he has made you to be. So this would be our head. And what does this lead to? A heart change. When we start to understand what God has asked us to do, we can agree with it, right? So even in terms of obedience, like for myself, um, let's, give, uh, let's do giving for an example. I've known for ve- very many years that um, it's the right thing to do. Okay, that God wants me to give. Because I understand what his word says. My, my mind begins to change. But do you know what? Just because I think one way doesn't mean I always believe that way. I can think, but it doesn't necessarily mean I believe. And if you want change to happen, if you want growth to happen in your life, you need to start to get your heart changed. So, you see, we can... I can't fit anything more. The Word will change your thinking. As you begin to read the Word, you start to think differently. All those things you thought about yourself, they're not true anymore. Because I'm in Christ, I'm a new creature. But his Holy Spirit begins to change your heart. You see, I can agree with the word of God. I can be an amazing scholar, but it makes no difference in my life because I just know it. My thinking's changed, so I can start to grow in that way, and and I might grow in knowledge and understanding, but this is why we need the Holy Spirit. Once he begins to change your heart, it's so different. You see, I could believe in giving, that it's a good thing, but still not do it. Or I might do it out of sheer obedience, which is okay, but that's not really growth. But when the Spirit of God starts to work on my heart, all of a sudden it changes because love begins to flow through me. And I start to understand through His Holy Spirit working on my heart that this is good, that this is what God wants, that that this is how he operates and and I start to change on the inside. And the action that I'm doing starts to become empowered by the Holy Spirit in my life. I could want to be hospitable and I could invite people over but not like them. Am I being hospitable? I guess so in a way. 
But when I start to understand from my heart that loving people is something I am created for and that God can do through me, all of a sudden it changes in, its, in, in the way it works. Can you see that? It's like I can do an action, but I can then do an action that has meaning and substance because my heart begins to be filled with the love of God. And I don't do it out of obligation, but I do it because my heart is beginning to change and I really want to connect with people. Sharing your faith. I can think it's the right thing to do. And I can even do it. But until my heart becomes connected with God and the Holy Spirit begins to work, it's ineffective and it's dead because it's just an action. It's not an operation of God in my life. Does that make sense? It's like you can have a well and you have to lower the bucket and you have to draw it up and it's a bit of hard work. But God says when the Spirit comes, that's going to be a spring of life. The great artesian basin, when you drill down into it, it's pressurised. There's a whole lot of pressure pushing up the water and it flows out without pumping it. You don't have to draw out. You don't have to put in effort to bring it out. It just flows. And that is what happens when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart. The things that you think are right start to become empowered by the Holy Spirit and from Him there starts to come this flow, the rivers of living water out of your soul, out of your belly. The rivers of living water become flowing. And of course, this has to go to this action. And that would be our hands. So head, heart and hands. Again, I can actually know something and I can be compelled by God and understand that that's the right thing to do, but I can be inactive in what I do. There's a verse in the Bible that says, let your actions prove your change of heart. Let your actions prove your change of heart. What is it that you're doing that shows that your heart has changed? You know, all the potential in the world is no good unless it's realised. And often we will judge others by their actions, but us by what we think. We will look at them and judge them by their actions, but we'll judge ourselves on our intent. And this year, if you want to grow, the first step probably is to just say, the things that I've intended to do, I'm going to do, and start to work towards them. Okay, is there anyone who would like to just share? I've lived in Darwin 43 years and um, I've been in various churches and served the Lord. My marriage broke up 19 years ago, Christians, both of us, hard to handle. But through all this I see God's plan for my life. It might be not what he planned in the beginning but he also gives you another chance. A while ago, I left the church. I just had enough. And very involved in youth work, 
all my life in prayer meetings and that and I decided that I would start house sitting around Australia I didn't go to church but I still walked with God one house sit I did in Geelong the sister after the first weekend the sister on the Monday morning on a busy highway parked the car on the opposite side walked across knocked on the front door and didn't give me the opportunity to give an answer she just said to me Colin I'll pick you up for church Sunday morning and left and so I thought what's going on anyhow she came and picked me up and went to church and that morning it was a church of 300 people three pastors the fellowship was just amazing God's spirit just moving yes I went forward to the altar and rededicated my life and as time went on Penny rang me up and said Colin we need you up here next year I had to keep it to myself this was months in advance that Jemima was getting married so I got off the phone and I did I hit the ground with my knees and I said God do you want me to go back to Darwin I'd been away on and off over the two years and he said to me don't worry I have everything planned I was in Cairns working and when I finished this house of the lady who used to run my business her daughter single lady with three kids and working 12 hour days and when I finished she didn't want me to go and I looked after the house and cooked the meals and did the washing and all that just waiting for God to direct me I had a house sit before Christmas back up here normal one I do three times a year and I got a phone call from Darwin here an army guy and I met him at Judas place Bill down the road and he rang up and he said look I'm sorry for such such short notice but I'm going away for seven months plus and the army had to check out that you weren't earning a wage he said do you want to come and live in the house and I said yes because God had it all planned so when I come up Penny eyeballed me and said to me are you doing really what God wants you to do we need you at school so I ended up at school at Palmerston Christian School I come out of position in my work life basically all my life having my own businesses and working for myself but now was the time for me to serve and that's what I've been doing since I've come back to Darwin is serving at Palmerston Christian School whatever they ask me to do but it's not only that it's the teachers as well that have issues and things in their life and they mean so much to them being a free agent I'm able to do them and help them out I was a Monday Christian as it said one of the teachers in the devotions last year said this that she was struggling but she knew the right thing to do in this time is to keep on doing the Christian things keep on praying keep on reading God's word and she didn't know where, where she was going and that was the same exactly for me I'd come home everybody thought I was happy and everything I'd come home and live in, in the caravan at the back of the school and I used to just cry because I was lonely even though I knew God 
just craving. God took care of that as time went on. And one of the things was that through my life, God has spoken to me so many times in an audible voice, but not only that, deep within my heart and through his word and in prayer. One of the things was that he said to me, Colin, I want you to go and see Carolyn Little and tell her that I'm willing to help her in any way that she needs. She looked at me. I should say that I got to know her through small groups, in the very small groups we had started two years ago. And she looked at me and said, thank you. Little, little known to me that with Carolyn's job, a lot of time, even this year, it's 24-7 for her and she's on call. But it's not only that, she goes south for meetings and to Alice Springs. So I stepped in and looked after Joey. And Josiah is a beautiful Christian boy, but it's been hard for him because this family has been for a lot in the last two years. One of the things was that Joey and his mum love each other but through the issues that are going on in the court cases that are going on, starting to make Josiah very bitter in many ways. And so this situation changed my life because Joey follows me around everywhere. He's my shadow. Even in mornings, if he's had a bit of a hard time with his mother, he'll ring me up and says, can you take me to school? So I pick him up in the bus, go back to the school, jump in the car, and so he talks to me, it opens up. As we're getting close to school, I just pray with him as I'm driving to school. This has changed my life completely because it's given me new hope and a new vision as I work with Josiah. And it's just beautiful to see the way this guy has just grown. But in turn, it's changed me too because of the situations within this family and the court cases. God has taught me how to pray, how to intercede for people that are around about you in times. And for me, this year has been a year of growing in God's love in the way I spend time in prayer. And one of the things that going back to in Geelong at that church I went to, the sermon was when we retire as Christians, we don't retire. God still has plans for us and we must follow that way. And then in the first few months of coming back to, coming to this church two years ago, Neil touched on it as well. If, as Christians, we don't retire. We keep working for God. Okay, I would like to share some things this year that has helped me grow. Um, uh, obviously, being part of this fellowship has just been wonderful, and um, especially uh, a lot of the sermons um, that's preached from the pulpit here, but also just being part of our prayer group. Um, 
that's just, you know, been absolutely fantastic, seeing lots of prayers answered and really sort of knuckling into the scriptures and, you know, trying to see how they're relating to us. And um, oh. But one of the really big events for me this year... Um, would have to be one of the courses that Joe and I went to. Um, it was a conflict resolution, biblical conflict resolution course. It's run by a, there's an Australian body, it's an international teaching. But it's just wonderful because these people, they just, um, they have really gone through the scriptures and just gleaned out of everything that, how God wants us um, how to handle conflict and um, just to see conflict in the way that God sees it. And, um, and it's just been really, really helpful. And one of the big uh, teachings that came out of it was like, you know, conflict. Nobody really likes conflict, but when you allow God, it's actually becomes an opportunity to, um, to glorify God, you know. A conflict is actually an opportunity for us, not something to, you know, um, we can you know, honour God on how we handle our conflicts, how we try to resolve them. But not only that, through the scripture, he just gives us all the tools that we need to handle the conflicts too. And all the teaching is there. And it was just lovely because this group, they've sort of taken all those things and, you know, put it together and put it in a really teachable form. Um, And I think for me, I've really sort of, that's really kind of ignited a bit of a passion in for me, this teaching. So I got hold of the um, DVD and some of the workbooks and I've actually already run one small home group um, with this teaching and the feedback I got from the other participants was that they all got huge things out of it and really um, was really well received and I just want to this next year continue in that teaching and learn more about it and how to um, to deliver a similar message that well that the message is not my message but to you know to sort of skill myself up so that I'm able to convey that message more clearly in a helpful way um yeah so (laughs) that's one way that I have grown I think and um just one other really quick thing too that just um something that we've been looking at in our prayer group and that I keep considering and I just think it's a scripture here it says um it's from James it's first uh, chapter, the second verse. <clears throat> well, and it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Um, and that's probably the last thing we see as a trial, to count it as actually joy, you know. And um, in, in another way of saying it might be to my brethren, consider it an opportunity when you fall into various trials because it's through these various trials that's testing and growing your faith. And um, 
Yeah. I, I just want to really expand my understanding of that because we all come into trials and God doesn't want us to, you know, sort of limp through them. He wants us to actually use them as an opportunity and to experience his joy within those trials. And, uh, yeah, so that's just one scripture that this year that we've sort of looked at various times in, because when we're praying for people, we've got lots of prayer requests when we're praying for people and so many struggles out there and not just in the secular world but also in Christian, you know, in Christian lives and homes and, and so we just wanted to see what God's perspective was and it was, you know, yeah, consider them joy. Um, yeah, because it's him who does the work, isn't it, in, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that one course, that's, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd like to say, um, when I come to search, I feel welcome. When I see my brother, when I see my brother playing, <laughs> when I see my brother. <laughs> When I see my brother playing his ukulele, I feel happy. sign to my dad when he we talked about the hand actions my actions my father gave to me head up shoulders back looking weird in the eye <laughs> that means a lot <laughs> I was trying to be a, a good son in brother And a good husband. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I just like to say, um, I feel blessed and welcomed to this service every time I come in. So I sing to these lovely people, including Matt and Mitchell. They, they are great players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thank you. It's a bit hard to top, isn't it? Um, I just wanted to quickly share... I've shared a bit in our small group, so sorry if it's a bit, bit repeated, but I've learned an amazingly huge amount this year. And the reason that it all started was this year God gave me a word, and the word was linger, and I thought, oh, great. I'm going to be lingering, God, all year. It's going to be the best thing. And it was really 
really good, but um, as most of you know, I've had Ross River this year and it's been such a painful long year, in, like pain-wise. And But what I discovered is that I had a lot of time to linger because I had to rest and be still and couldn't walk and stuff like that. But what I learned was how to be fully content in my God, that I could have joy regardless of my circumstances, regardless that I could have joy. And um, I just was thinking when Neil was preaching about change and I think change often is coupled with chaos and that I think we can think, is there chaos in our lives? Maybe there's change on, on its way and asking God to show us the way through that chaos. Um, and I used to think that in some ways I guess God gave us the same measure of strength every day but I don't think he does I think he gives us exactly what we need that there's never a deficit of strength or there's never um, that his strength is always sufficient and always enough with what what he gives us every every single day Um, and just flick back in my journal there's one little thing Um, that I've been reading about good and that we know that God withholds no good thing from us but why do why do we struggle why do why why does it hard sometimes and that's certainly what I've been asking this year but I think the thing is that good isn't um, something that we think is good it's not it's not our health it's not riches it's not the things that we have because the greatest thing the greatest good is Jesus and he's always, always, always with us and we can have as much of him as we want whenever we need it. Um, and so a really big lesson to me this year was um, being able to fully live with joy, being content despite what was happening in my, in my life. Um, and I think it also helped me to be um, less worried about what I needed and more worried about that Jesus meets all my needs. Um, so just really concentrating in my life, in my thinking, you know, well, I feel like I need this right now or I feel like I lack this right now, just to really think, well, I think I'm, I'm leaning on my own strength more than I'm leaning on God's strength and allowing him to be all that I need. And there was just one quote that I read the other day, I'll just finish with, and it just says... Um, The real test of faith is to believe that God's promises are true, not just in theory, but in our everyday lives, to wait with joyful expectancy, to wait, sometimes we wait, but to say yes and not be afraid of what others may say about our dependence on God and about our abundance of joy. And that's what I want to be. I want to be one of those people that has joy despite what's going on in my life, that others see my dependence on God and the outflowing of joy because of that, despite everything else. Have we got time for another one, if you want? We're a bit over time, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, this year, God gave me a word, and it was renovation. Who watches the block on television? And it really, it's, it's all about uh, recognising that we're a work in progress. Um, and, and basically, that's what Neil pro- preached today, or said today. We're a work in progress. 
Um, we, we, we need to keep striving and whatever. So I started doing things like um, just listening, listening for the word of God. And this year, um, God has really blessed our family. Um, I, I sat there before thinking about, uh, uh, about um, uh, tithing and, and I thought, how do I get up and sort of say that? And Neil spoke about it. Um, this, is, this is not pre-planned or whatever. All I can say to you is, if you give generously out of your heart, God just comes in and just smashes over the top. Um, we, uh, even at times this year when I was without work, never once did I think that I wasn't going to be provided for. It just, just happened. And then I, I was praying that, um, that I'd be able to, uh, to bless other people. And God just comes in and smashes you with a bit more money and whatever and... And it happens. So I think it's all about recognising that we are a work in progress and, and, and just listening for the word of God. And if he says to bless someone, don't, don't have second thoughts about it. Just do it. Just, you know, just do it. And, and uh, like I said, he just comes in and smashes over the top. God bless. Amen. So our God is smashing, isn't he? <laughs> All right. Um, can we hand out communion while you're up on your feet, Bob? Good on you. Look, <laughs> uh, I just want to pray that we all grow this year. Um, it's interesting, as Alison was talking, you know, it talks about change and the turmoil that sometimes comes with that. And did you want to say something? All right. Um, the truth is that change always destroys something, whether it's good or bad. Change has to destroy something. And we, we need to not be afraid of change for God because there will be things in our life that actually get taken out and it's uncomfortable, but the result in the end is that peace that comes from God. Um, and no doubt most of you have experienced something of that this year. Thank you. But as we go into next year with this change in mind can I just ask you to question that for yourself am I growing am I growing because actually while we rely on the Holy Spirit to grow us and and things like that the first part is our decision to grow Um, I can do things that I know will help me grow okay so I can go to a small group and meet with Christians and I know that will help me grow. I can read his word. I know that will help me grow. I can spend time talking with God and I know that will help me grow. I can spend time being obedient to him and I know that will help me grow. I can spend time pruning things in my life that aren't from him And I know that will help me to grow as well, but not only grow and be fruitful. So if you're in that stuck place as a Christian, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's nobody else's fault. Because you know, most of us know, not everyone, that there are things we can do that will help us to grow. And when you hear the, the parable of the seed, 
Um, if you know that parable where Jesus, not Jesus, the, the sower threw out lots of seed and it landed in different places. The seed was the same everywhere. The seed was good and the seed was viable, which means that um, given the right conditions it would grow. The only difference in every case was the soil that the seed landed into. Okay? You're the soil. Your heart, your life is the soil. So if there's no growth happening, it's your fault. Does that sound very harsh? (laughs) It's true, isn't it? Because God has given us everything, the Bible says, that we need for life and for godliness. God has given us every spiritual blessing. The things that he has for us are all ours. So why does Ben grow and Bob not? Not Bob Parrott. He's growing. (laughs) Good on you, Bob. Because the way they're preparing their heart, the soil, okay? And, And so... That's why I mentioned about the goals, and, and I don't mean it in terms of earthly goals, you know, like, you know how we can sometimes get carried away with that, you know, we've got points and we have to fulfil them. No, we want to do it, God, if, if you want this to happen, let it happen. But in terms of spiritual growth, is there something that you could do next year that might actually help you grow? Write it down. Write it down today. Write it down. Write it in the front of your Bible. This year I'm going to do this. Whatever it is, the things that you know will actually help you grow in Christ. All right. 